everyone. CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin State's in the West End of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, April the 4th. Uh, we're recording this one a day early. Um, doing it a day early this week. Uh, well, I mean, my birthday's Friday, but that's not why. Um, <laughs> no, we're doing it a day early this week because Virginia has uh, practice Thursday morning, and since... Um, I'll be out there uh, all morning doing interviews after and then um, updating you on the goings on from uh, my fancy dancy little McDonald's near JPJ. Um, felt like tomorrow, or as you hear this Wednesday, today, was a good day to do the show. Um, we're going to dive into the depth chart tonight. We're going to talk spring football again. Um, I have with me, um, not necessarily as always, but he's back on the show. Justin Ferber up in Arlington is back. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. My head is healed. <laughs> he has exercised the demons. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to. I'm glad to hear it. I, it's funny because, like, I, let me just tell good people. I, I texted Justin a couple days later and was like, "Hey, how, how you feeling?" He's like, oh, "I'm fine." Very nonchalant and like whatever. I was like, "So, I mean, did you, you know, you go to work?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. Hmm. It's very. This is, Basically, is, you just don't want to get hit in the head again. <laughs> Ferber is totally the guy that does not complain about anything. Um, now I, I'm going to feel equally horrible the the next time I ask him to like randomly write some thing. And he just says, yeah, that's fine. And I'm going to be like, wait, does he really mean he's fine? Or is he just saying that because that's just kind of who he is? Um, Dave is not on the show tonight. Um, uh, I think he had a funeral to go to or something like that. So I I, I feel bad I, I, as I think about it. I didn't ask, like, who it was. I'm guessing it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, close family. But still condolences to, out to, to, to Spence and, their, and those around him um, who I guess were at a funeral or at a wake tonight. Um Speaking of funerals, wow, that was a great segue. Let's talk about um, let's talk about the depth wow. chart. <laughs> woo, woo. I mean, look. Oh, before we go any further, I do oh, want to say if, on Dave's behalf, he wanted me to say thank you, Brad. <laughs> oh, dude, you know I just realized we didn't do the uh, the hashtag Ask Dave. I got. I'm totally gonna do that uh, next week. I'm totally gonna do it. Um, nope, nope. This is the one time. This is it. <laughs> um, there was uh, what was he? The one thing he wanted to say was uh, Juwan Moyer is is going to have a big breakout season. That was his one thought that he texted over. Um, so anyway, speaking of funerals and and such and such, um, I realized that 2016 was a tumultuous year on the field for the Cavaliers, but uh, I don't think it was quite funeral bad. Though maybe some folks on the message board would would disagree. But you know what? It's spring. Uh, in spring, hope spring's eternal. Um, I don't know if preseason awesomeness disease takes over this early, but it is definitely something to keep in mind. As we work through this depth chart tonight, what I want to do is I want to give us a, a few caveats, basically some get-out-of-jail-free cards, okay? Number one, I realize that you would be tickled pink if we said, yep, this dude is a starter. Uh, all this stuff is 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 basically just um, projections based on depth, based on you know kind of uh, experience, based on performance to date. But, like, we know a lot of this is going to change in the fall, especially on the offensive line. But I do think it's interesting uh, early in spring to see, like, where the coaches think everybody kind of fits together. And we'll talk about that it's, it's, even on the defensive side of the ball where we feel like there aren't as many question marks. I, I think some of it will be interesting. The other caveat I want to I give out is that, like, Virginia has, you know, they, got, they have an ace, right? They have um, – they have a Micah Kaiser. They have a Quinn Blaney. They don't – I mean, Alamade Zacchaeus seems primed to be that guy on the offensive side of the ball. But a lot of these sort of role players are going to have to step up. And that's going to be uh, – that's that, that probably is Virginia fans going to give you a lot of heartburn from now until the fall. 
Um, but there are a lot of options. And so I think one thing that I've, I've kind of sworn off of is, is, is prognosticating too much. I don't want you to read much into that. Um, I, I do think this team has plenty of talent, and I do think that, uh, that I'm probably going to be among those who are surprised, but I, I just don't – I'm not going to – again, I'm not going to start telling you, like, yep, I think they figured it out here. Um, that's just not going to be uh, who I am this year. Uh, Ferber, where would you like to start? Um, I, I don't know if you've had time to actually do a whole depth chart if you're just going to kind of fly with me as I, as, as I do it. But where would you like to start? You want to spin the wheel and, and, and see what your dome comes up with? I think let's just start on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, that's uh, like I said before, that's kind of the place where we feel like we know a lot of the, the pieces. Now, Andrew Brown is among uh, those, along with um, Kurt Garner and Darius Lattimore, who are being held out of spring. Tim Harris is supposed to be limited, and he was wearing a red jersey on the first day. Um, and I'll be honest, I haven't broken down Zapruder-like um, film of the little bits and pieces that UVA has put out on the other practices. But at least in the day I saw him, I don't think I saw him take a rep off. I mean, he was he was there. Um, now, when they get full contact and they're going full pads, maybe that'll be a little bit different with that shoulder. But in terms of what what we're talking about depth chart tonight, I, I am gonna I am gonna talk about it as if those guys who are held out are, are not available, so to speak. So I'm filling it with a with basically what I would see as I go to practice or what you might see uh, at the spring football festival. So on the defensive end position, because Brent Andrew is out. Um, I don't think you. I've seen Virginia do much that's been traditional. Um, it's been very. Uh, I mean, they've been in, in a couple times. They've been in a, in a more traditional three-four base kind of set, but really, it's been a lot of three-three-five kind of stack stuff. Um, where Moye is at the at the nose, handback is at an end at an end position, and then they've used Chris Peace and Malcolm Cook, but both of them have walked up and been a defensive end, and some of them times they've backed up and been an offense outside linebacker with Kaiser, and then the the mystery position on the defense at this point is that other inside linebacker position uh jordan mack seems to be getting cross-trained at it um but the the crew of the s's uh stalker simmons shepherd and snyder all getting reps there at the other inside backer position i have to think cj stalker probably has the advantage there but i, I think that mack getting some cross-training uh is probably a little bit fortuitous um cornerbacks being harrison hall and safeties being thornhill and blaney Furby, have any any disagreements there? Is that kind of the the sort of uh, of depth that you're expecting, or at least a, the uh, let's let's call it the the ones that you that you're kind of expecting? Yeah, I think that's. I mean, as of right now, I don't see any reason not to expect that to be the group. Um, I mean, if you really look at who's on that list, you got a lot of young players, but players that played last year. So I think that that's kind of promising from the perspective of. You know, if the coaching is there and, and they can refine some of the little things and guys can just get more comfortable and get bigger, stronger, faster in the weight room in the offseason, you can kind of be a little bit cautiously optimistic about this group, especially bringing back, hopefully bringing back um, Harrison Cook, who basically didn't play at all last year. So I think overall, I mean, it's it's definitely a group that should be better if they can get something out of the nose tackle position. Yeah, let's let's focus on a couple of things there. One is you, you talked about Cook, and I, and I want to, I think that with Malcolm Cook, the the potential there is is ridiculous. I mean, it's 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 scary how good, uh, the, the how how good this defense can be if they have a physical sort of playmaker like him coming off the edge for the first time, um, you know, since Mendenhall has been the head coach. Now, I think that one thing to keep in mind is that they've got. Let me look this up. They got Chris Peace listed. At six one two forty five. Now, for context, Malcolm Cook's only six one two twenty five. 
So Chris Peace looks like a completely different dude, and I'm curious to see how that translates during the season. Physically, though, he looks ready. He looks in a, ready in a way he certainly was not last year. And Dave made this mention uh, to us the other day about how many 300-pound guys are on this team, that this has to be the most since the grow years. And he's probably right about that because clearly physicality was a big point of emphasis for this team in the offseason. Bronco talked about it. Um, certainly the players talked about it. Um, when you when you look at the depth chart and you're starting to kind of piece it together, one thing you find is that that even though they're not they don't have a um, depth is not a, a strength whatsoever for this team. But the guys that they have seem physically in a much better position, and I think you're right about the young guys kind of uh, maturing in a way uh, into this. I think one thing that's interesting about as we talked about that group. So at cornerback, Harrison Hall, I think are two nice one. Obviously, they, they felt comfortable with their cornerback depth because they moved not just Juan Thornhill to safety, but they also moved Miles Robinson to safety. Um, but Crowell could be, Jermaine Crowell could be an interesting sort of piece in this. Now, we know from what, we've saw, what we saw in practice, at least, that uh, in the nickel, Nick Grant comes on as a safety, Juan Thornhill moves over to cornerback. That's probably what you would be expecting, right, is that the guy with the cornerback background moves over and he's essentially – even though he's the safety, he's the nickelback, right? Okay. But what I find interesting is that that cornerback depth, what did we see last year from them? They they moved guys around. You know, sometimes it was Hall, sometimes it was Robinson, sometimes it was uh, it was Kareem Gibson. So it, matchups sort of dictated almost where they went with cornerback. I wouldn't be surprised to see Hall, uh, Crowell, um, maybe even um, um, once Kirk Garner's back, um, to see those guys all kind of getting in um, some time uh, at corner. We know Harris is going to be on the field a lot, and I think that's one of the big benefits that this defense has going for it is they got three really talented seniors uh, back on this team, and I think that's important. But I think that inside linebacker position, as as important as I know uh, nose tackle is going to be, I think maybe because I've seen Moye and I think he's going to be um, size-wise about what they need, and I almost feel like that's going to be the direction that Bronco goes. Um I almost feel like that inside linebacker position is going to be even more important, um, mainly because it's one thing to, to try to slow down Kaiser, but if he doesn't have a running mate who can be where he needs to be, uh, that was one of the great things about Landon Word, right? He just seemed to be in the right spot, and he's a physical kid. He can make plays. Now, we know that in the fall, Matt Gom is going to be a factor here. Um, you know, There are probably other linebackers who might get um, some cross-training at, at inside, but it certainly sounded to me like Jordan Mack, C.J. Stalker, seemed to be on the front end of that. Um, that'll be an interesting kind of way for it to play out. Uh, one other note, Najee Abdullah has moved to outside linebacker, and I saw him tweet this the other day, and, and I, he, he's listed at 6'5", 260. Virginia also bringing in a pair of kids in the 17 class to play this like de- defensive end outside linebacker hybrid thing where they basically are outside linebackers who walk up every once in a while. Again, really long, tall kids at, at outside linebacker. I am fascinated to see that in person. Have you ever seen a team with outside linebackers that were like six five, six six, six seven? Yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, you'll see. There's a that's the prototypical size for like the the edge, like the the three four end. But yeah, I mean, I guess you usually don't see guys that big because in a three four, usually you know the outside backers have to play drop into coverage, and and guys that big don't usually do that, but. I mean, it seems like they found. I mean, I remember Bronco in the spring talking about Bronson Kafusi, who was he was an end, but yeah, I mean, right. he could stand up and do some stuff as well. And he liked he mentioned having liking guys that were tall and could kind of disrupt 
the passing game on the edge, you know, for the quarterback. Right. And then also, you know, bat balls down and do all kinds of stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely weird. But I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing if they can move in space. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that when you got guys like Snowden and guys like the Brown kid who who are used to moving in space, right? But then Abdullah, I just I don't know. I'm in, I'm in really interested to see if if he gets any time at all. Um, he was this a couple of plays I saw him. He was in the right place at the right time, and and he his length in size it, it, it it's interesting. I wonder how much weight they want to put on him. At two, you know, he's six five, two sixty already. Can you have a two hundred eighty pound linebacker? I don't think so. You know, um, at the end position, Jack Powers seems to be at this point he's running with the ones, but but obviously Andrew Brown will be back in the fall. Um, Christian Baumgartner and um, Christian Brooks um, are both uh, listed as 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 defensive ends right now. Um, I wonder how confusing that must be. Um, <laughs> two dudes named Christian being at the same position, so depth obviously not a not a big not a big um, not a big stick uh, not a big um, calling card for for this group. But you know the 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 ones at least seem somewhat formidable. I'm I'm interested to see how Eli Hamback uses what I thought was a pretty solid season uh, last year as kind of a jumping off point. But back to 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 your point about the nose tackle that being the important position. Really, all we've seen so far, and and really all we can go on is the idea of Moye and Trushilla there. Um, I'll be interested to see once the fall comes uh, if, one, if any of the young kids get any burned, two, if Powers converts over uh, to Nose, or three, if Bronco just kind of changes things up. And that was one of the things I, I, I thought was a little interesting to see him playing. You know, he, he, he's got, a, he's got, a, he's got a, a question mark at inside linebacker and he's got a question mark at nose tackle. How can you, you kind of maybe take care, cover both of those positions uh, with some scheme changes. I think that might be one of the challenges he sort of uh, faces uh, this offseason and certainly the summer is to try to figure out, like, okay, if the guys who I think are going to fill those positions aren't necessarily ready, what what am I do? What, am, what, 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 what are your options? Can you play some 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 two-man fronts? Can you play the 3-3-5? Three, three, is that better um, when you don't have a, a true nose to, to put – you know, to put more guys out there. One thing about it is you do have some size on the edges with cook and peace. And so I feel like those are pieces they can use. Um, any other thoughts on the defense before we move over uh, on the offensive side of the ball? No, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged by the idea that, you know, Quinn could play in the box. Um, something that we wanted to see him do anyway, this whole time. So uh, I think, I mean, I think that's where he's naturally suited to play football. So, I think that's promising, and if they can get more, I don't want to say more, but if you can just get improvement, continued improvement from your young cornerbacks that I thought played pretty well in some spots last year, um, I think the defense could be okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's a, I think that's a very fair sort of uh, summation. On the offensive side of the ball, the, uh, the offensive line and the question marks there are, I mean, they're really hard to just gloss over, and I don't want to make this portion of the of the show like, gloom and doom but there, it's it's fair to to be very concerned about what's going on in the offensive line uh that group was comp- i mean very oddly sort of uh healthy last year right they were able to to, to really kind of stay um for the vast majority of the season the same group and it didn't see i don't want to say it didn't translate but it definitely didn't look like it's funny a group that you felt like didn't really play very well lost three seniors Right, and so you're like, uh, what now? Right, you're 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 you got to be a little con- concerned about it. 
the one general sort of consensus that seems to be is that, that Jake Feeler is going to be the center. Uh, and so I, I'm a big believer in, 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 in inside-out um, thinking, at least when it comes to the offensive line. You know who your center is going to be. Um, I, I think that's a great place to start. We know Jack English uh, has, has the experience at left tackle. He's, he was with the ones there earlier. He would be on uh, my pick there. Uh, Stephen Moss seemed to be the, the guy at left guard. Uh, I thought, again, I'm not in the prognostication business uh, when it comes to, to on-the-field stuff, but I, I thought Stephen looked um, a lot more comfortable, uh, and he looked, like he, he, he looked like he fit. And I'm curious to see how that sort of um, continues, uh, if he's able to really earn time and be a member, a starting member of this team. Feeler in the middle, McDonald at the other guard. And then the tackle spot, I mean, I don't even know if I can tell you who the, who the tackle with the ones really was because, like, that – position just moved and changed all day i saw newtson there i saw Rankinsmeyer there um proctor probably is going to be um in the mix at one of these spots um when he's healthy um he had a boot on his left uh left foot during practice so he he's obviously being held out he's one of those along with uh, bischoff on the offensive line who won't be going one thing that i, I did find interesting um knowing that we that they're that, that we're going to see them get three offensive linemen, uh, offensive line grad transfers. And um, I thought that Knutson and, and Rankinsmeyer looked looked like guys who, who belonged in the rotation. Um, they didn't seem like – I mean, Knutson is like six – where do they have him listed at? He's a huge kid. I mean, like he's really tall. Uh, they've got him listed um, in, in the in the preseason – or excuse me, in the spring um, uh, – in the spring roster at 6'9", 315. He's every bit of that, and he probably has. I mean, with, at a six nine frame, he's got a lot of lot of space to, to add weight. But the offensive line is a serious concern because if you if you think about it, the only real guys they have backups. You can pick one of Newtson and Rinkensmeyer to be the tackle, and then like they're the basically the backup along with uh, Ben Trent and um, um, and I guess the Bischoff kid once once he's not hurt because he's being held out. Um, that is that pretty much jive with you. I mean, do you feel comfortable with some of the knowns that we know on the offensive line at this point? I mean, are you are you kind of going through spring, hoping you know for some sort of miracle? <laughs> I, I don't think I'm I'm praying for any miracles. Um, it's I don't even. The, this is going to sound bad, but it's like I, with the offensive line, I don't even like. I, we don't even know what it's going to look like really until the spring until the fall, I think with the transfers, like, you know, the guys they have now, they have so many guys that haven't played a lot and, and they have potential and hopefully they learned something last year from what they saw. Right. But I, I, that group is just so in transit right now right. that I don't even know like what to think. The one good I, know, I wish I wish I had a better take than that. Yeah, I know. One of the good things about the spring, though, honestly, and I mean I mean this is as as serious as it uh, as a heart attack, is they're, they're these dudes are going to get reps. Like you're going to have a good like Tuesday's going to have a very good feel for these guys when he gets to fall. The question is going to be what does he get from McGovern, uh, Montalus, uh, and Pertle. What what are those three guys? What can they give him? And I think even even from the start of fall camp. He's going to have those guys in the rotation because he's going to be wanting to see how they fit. Where do they need to be? Where where they slotted? When you add those three guys, at least for one season, um, I, I feel pretty. I don't want to say I feel pretty good about UVA's depth because I, 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 it's still so tenuous. Um, but I feel a lot better about it 
Um, the question, of course, is with any transfer, and I, we've been talking about this a little bit on the basketball side, but like guys don't leave schools because they're really good players and things are great. They leave because they weren't getting the time that they thought they might have uh, earned. They don't feel connected with the team. They don't like the school. Like there are a number of re- guys don't transfer because they are having great careers. Like it. So so expecting a transfer to come in and it just be lightning in a bottle is a little bit. Uh, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. That being said, plenty of grad transfers go somewhere new and make an impact. And I think that's really what Virginia needs. They just need some consistency and certainly their experience level. Even though these are not necessarily guys, like I said, who are having great careers and play play played. Uh, the, adding these three dudes in the in the fall is going to be an important piece for them. Um, but I would also be interested to see how some of these decisions shake out. You know, um, Feeler we feel like is going to be the 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 center. I'd I'd be really surprised if McDonald's not one of the two guards. Uh, Proctor probably is going to be in there as well. Um, so where do these grad transfers go? Right. I mean that's the that's going to be the interesting thing uh, once they have some depth outside of the uh, offensive line. I think Evan Butts seems to be the tight end. Um, they're doing a little bit more inline stuff, so maybe Richard Burney gets a little bit more burn. No pun intended. Um, God, that was really that was such that was such a bad pun. It wasn't even intentional. I'm, I really apologize, guys. Um, but I feel like tight end will be a position that we'll probably see them use a little bit more. Um, Zacchaeus at one wide receiver spot, um, Lavroni and, and Eldridge at the others on, on my depth chart. The wide receiver depth here is still pretty strong. Dowling not not participating this spring. Kraft not participating this spring. Um, so that leaves Reed, Dubois, uh, Hogue, and, and, and Blackman um, in, the, uh, in, the, in the depth uh, for, at the wide receiver spot. Um, outside of that, you got Ben Kirk, quarterback, with Cross and Abramson backing him up. Uh, and then the running back position going to be super interesting to, to see, and I kind of want to talk about this one a little bit. So Ham, I think – we probably agree is the is the is the likely starter tailback, but Jordan Ellis is going to push him, and both of those guys are going to get a lot of burn. I wonder if certainly if they can get more production from the offensive line, they won't need the big back quite as much in terms of uh, in, in blocking situations. But the amount of time I I saw Peacock on the field the other day lends me to think that he's definitely going to be the guy, and that and Ellis is definitely slimmed down. He he looks leaner, so he doesn't seem to be um, the guy they're they're leaning on at big at the B back. So the question I have is, what's your running back sort of rotation? Can you use all? Can you use all three of those guys? Because I mean, they're not going to need to lean on one guy the way they did uh, Smoke last year. What's your What's your general vibe at, at running back, and and how do you kind of feel as we go through spring? Um, you know, kind of how that one lines up a little bit. I think right now it'll be they just kind of split time, and maybe we'll see if somebody emerges as the feature back just from you know good performance um i think ellis orham could do that the thing is they're kind of similar so i don't think it's it's not like a smoke and albert reed situation where you'd have them playing off each other so much as it is just like they could split the carries and you just figure out you know which guys playing better and and kind of ride that um jamari i think i think that's an interesting addition i mean he just brings kind of a different set of skills to the offense and i think a necessary one for what they're trying to do so i mean short yardage goal line type stuff i think he he could be a a real asset so um i think it'll be interesting to see i mean with the other two guys in the class obviously atkins is already there but um keir i mean i think he has a different kind of skill set that you might be able to use as well but we'll see if they're interested in playing that many running backs or if they'd like to just kind of stick with what they have 
One interesting little, uh, I guess, curveball or variable um, to think about when we talk about tailbacks is going to be how much uh, Lamade is involved in anything on the ground. Um, I, I think that one of the things that the staff struggled with last year, and Bronco has, has kind of alluded to this, spoken about it in several different places at this point, is being able to not just get the ball to, to one playmaker, but to give it to middle, m- multiple playmakers. So, like, in Zacchaeus's case, um, he's now – is he going to kind of fit into the Taekwon Mazel role? Like, is he smoked now, or is he going to be a little bit different? I feel like they would rather not lean so heavily on throwing to the, to the running back, um, which is why Ham probably is a, um, a nice sort of uh, bridge here between – what we imagine would be like the 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 Mizell administration and the Atkins administration, and and I I, I got to tell you I love the combination of Atkins and Peacock together. I think they're they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be very nice uh, a nice combo. But with what they've got this year with Ellis as well, I, I just I, I I still think that one of the strengths of this team is going to be its running backs. Um, it did that didn't necessarily materialize the way we expected last year, um, but I do wonder how much Zacchaeus is. Uh, versatility is something that the staff can can really use compared to the way that they used smoke last year. Um, I, I don't foresee like him lining up in the backfield a lot, but there was this one. There was at least one set where I saw where they were like in this weird sort of off eye, and then they they motioned out of it. Um, but I, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge Zacchaeus fan. I think he looks uh, infinitely better, like more healthy, more comfortable now than he did last season. And so I think it's up to the staff to figure out ways to to get him the ball. Um, depth wise, I think they're in a good spot. We talked about running back. We talked about wide receiver and tight end. the uh, The offensive line is gonna, like we said, gonna gonna have to shore up. Um, you know, with fall camp. One other thing we have not touched on, which I we've we've talked about the offense for several minutes now, and we haven't talked quarterback. Um, ben Kirk to me is clearly the guy. And somebody asked me on the board, and I think this is an interesting. Qu- question you know is it his job to lose or is it going to be a true competition I said both things are true it's his job to lose like if he goes out there and he doesn't perform and somebody else performs better than him he, he loses the job I, I don't think there's ever going to be a time when that's not the case with Bronco and his staff but I also feel like um, it, they are going to it's going to be a true competition I think it has to be because if you're Bronco you want the best that you can get so if, if Cross comes out and he can do just enough through the air and, and continue to produce on the ground um He's going to clearly have a package of plays. I think that much is a foregone conclusion. The question is going to be how big that uh, that that selection of plays really is going to be, and how often they feel like leaning on it. And I get the sense from from the message board that the last thing they want to see Virginia doing is moving quarterbacks in and out. Which, after that debacle in Blacksburg, I totally understand and full heartedly support. Um, I I appreciate that angst and and i'm on board with it um do you have a problem with with handing this staff uh the keys to another sort of rotation at quarterback at least in that situation right there would be some plays that weren't necessarily the same exact plays um and you're just moving them out and out and out what what's your general sort of read on on that on the the way that this sort of quote-unquote platooning might work um I'm not a huge platooning guy, but if they have different skill sets, which is clearly the case here, then I'm not necessarily opposed to it as much as, you know, if it's two similar type guys. Like what they did against Tech was an abomination, I thought, last year. Um, I mean, there was just no reason to do that. They weren't riding any kind of hot hand. 
the guys are running the same plays. It just didn't make any sense. Um, if Carlos has packages that you run on random plays where it's you know to your advantage to run them, or maybe in the goal line situations or, or whatever, I mean, I think that that, that can be beneficial. Um, having said that, I still think Benkert's going to be the guy for most of the way, just because he's got the experience now. Um, he's the only one who's really played in a game. Um, and I mean, Cross obviously has potential, but still young, still developing. So I think that he'll play. And then you also have Xander's coming in. Um, and we'll see if the cross package ends up kind of becoming his package as well. So that'll be something to watch. But I still expect Banker to play most of the season at starter. And I think that's probably the right thing. The one thing that, that's interesting to me about the, the cross deal is if they had him come in on second and one, second and two, and and maybe even some like you said some some other short yardage situations or whatever. Um, he has a good. I mean, like his arm, he's got a good arm and he's not terribly inaccurate. I mean, he's not. It's not like he you know he throws the thing and he's all of a sudden uh, nuclelouche. I mean, it's it, it, he's he's not. It's not that bad. It's just he needs to tighten it up a lot. Um, I can totally see a scenario where that that makes sense and that becomes a thing that they do with regularity. I think the craziest thing about what they did in Blacksburg is that it's the last game of the season. You haven't come close to doing anything that uh, outlandish all year long, um, and you go in, into that game in that place against that team and choose to do that thing, and I'm just thinking it's it's got to be the worst kind of match of – a strategy and opponent, uh, and 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 lack of, and it's got a, it's the, it's easily the 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 you know you call it abomination. That's that's the right that's the right word. I just I, I just wonder if that if that might make them any gun shy. I mean, one thing about this staff is they're very rarely ever not confident in what they do. That might have been just enough of a debacle to to make them lack some confidence. And and I wonder if if that plays any sort of role in their thought process here. The difference, obviously, is that in this situation, they would be running things specifically for a quarterback who can do them as opposed to whatever it was they were doing in Blacksburg. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. Cross and Xander could, could could totally be guys who are vying essentially for the running, the, the, the dual threat sort of um, of, of uh, option. No, no pun intended there either. Uh, and and let that be sort of the the – the sort of dichotomy that they use going into the season, right? So they have a they have an idea that there are going to be times where they're going to want to bring in um, a, a, a quarterback who gives them an option on the ground, and so that's what they do in these situations. If that's what they ultimately do, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's going to be the wholesale, like, okay, let's let him run for a quarter that I just don't think is, is reasonable, and we'll certainly get folks all up in arms. Um, I can already see the message board imploding. Um, because the last thing that they need, the last thing I think fans want is to see a different guy out there. They they would like to see the guy that is out there just perform better. Um, and maybe Ben Kirk without, you know, he's lost some weight. He's, he's clearly lighter on his feet. Uh, he's got no knee brace, um, and his shoulder is, is fine. Um, I, I wonder what that is, what that's going to be like. But then confidence for him, too. I mean, he has a tough run of it last year at times. Um, so I think that's going to be something interesting uh, to watch overall though what's your general feeling on on the on the depth of this team um it's tough to say i think like I, I think it's better than it has been in some years but there's still a lot of guys on the roster that i mean they, they may have played in games but we haven't seen enough of them to know if they're really 
I mean, you can have depth, but like if your depth isn't good depth, then it doesn't really matter. I mean, everybody's got 85 scholarships. True. So I think that kind of remains to be seen. And I think hopefully with the roster management techniques that the staff is using, I think that it can get better in the years to come. Um, I still don't think this team is deep enough to compete at a really high level. Um, but I am, inc- I think the, the starters that they have, and then maybe the guys one level below them, you know, the second string guys, I think that that's a workable group more so than maybe what they inherited a year ago. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to say skeptical, but there's just a lot of guys on the team that I don't, I guess it just depends on what, and I'm waffling here, but I guess it just depends on what you mean by that because I think they have more guys that fit what they want to do, which is great, but I think at the same time, I don't know if all of these guys are, um, I don't want to say good enough, but I don't know if there's enough depth across the board of ACC caliber players and good fits to help them, you know, be like a bowl team or anything like that. Right, um, right. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves with that. I think that <laughs> right now they just yeah. need to try to improve. Yeah, I think the thing that 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 is that I'm constantly gripped by. All right, is this on the one hand, like I saw guys who had like literally no experience in college games go out there and and, and perform, and I don't trip. And these were not necessarily highly rated, highly recruited players. Guys that guys that even that you know. I don't want to put everything on, oh, other college coaches believed X, so clearly that was true. I get that. I get that there are lots of kids every year who are two-star, low three-star recruits that don't have more than three three or four offers total. Maybe they have one power five offer, and they play well. To me, it was just kind of staggering to see how many. Like I felt like there were several of these guys. Like Bryce Hall, did anybody expect Bryce Hall to be a guy that you're going into your second year and clearly – He's in line to be a starter to the point where they moved a guy to safety because of it, right? I, I see that, and I think you know what you look at some of these players and like, hey, maybe they just they they're pretty good at coaching kids up. These types of kids are they're good at coaching them up. My problem is is that some of the the mismanagement that I saw last year, um, some of it obviously hamstrung by by lack of depth and not many have having many options. Um, some of it also just somewhat baffling, like not getting Zacchaeus the ball or the whole stuff at Tech with the quarterbacks, or you know some of the some of the non uh, some of the non sort of um, skill position decisions in terms of playing time. I just feel like um, there's enough uncertainty in me um, that when I, I'm like you, the reason I asked the question that way, honestly, was because I wanted to sort of kind of lay it out flat and see where you came down on it. And you're you're kind of where I am, which is. The team I think has better, uh, better one-two talent than they had last year. They have a, I, I think there's a significant drop-off when you go beyond that, and that's problematic because injuries are a thing that happen in football. And two, you can't count on everybody to play every play. Um, even it's not even just like dudes get hurt; it's like dudes get tired. Like you need, you know, dudes have helmet malfunctions. You know, like they need a, you, you need to play. Um, so I think for me, the offensive line issues plus. You know, not knowing really how to get Zacchaeus the ball, you know that to me is problematic enough. And then you have the quarterback, you know, somewhat uncertainty um, on the defensive side of the ball. It, a lot more is known, and so I kind of feel like, in a lot of ways, that unit should be okay. My problem is, is that nose tackle is kind of important, and so is inside linebacker. And you having you have those kind of questions, and and, and that's going to cause some 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 woeing up of the uh, of the bowl 
talk, um, which I agree with you. Is it's obviously way too to- too too early to talk about that stuff. Um, I don't think we'll ever talk about that stuff. Um, I'm at that point with the with I'm, I'm about I'm about ready to like not do the preseason prediction podcast. Like I just don't know if I if I want to if I want to take part in that. Let's exercise. just roll the balls up. You know, just gonna be like, hey, you know what? They they start they start games next week. Um, but no, I just think that as you as we look through the depth chart, I think one thing that became clear to me as I was kind of writing everything down and and sort of going back and forth is like. You can see a scenario where things fall in place, and you go, yep, that looks good. And then you can see a scenario where, like, there's not a whole lot that has to go wrong for things to so not fall into place. And that's kind of the precipice that, the, that, the, that this group is on this year. Um, talent-wise, I think they've, they've improved in some areas, um, and they're going to get better talent as the, as the fall gets here. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of work this spring, I think, to put them in a position to, to make real hay out of that. And I think, you know, as they say, that's where the river meets the road. Um. I think that's a good place to put a pin in it. Um, as we we'll, we'll see what Thursday brings with uh, with practice, and, and we'll go forward from there and see you know how the team continues to look, how uh, things are kind of shaking out in terms of positions. That's one thing you know spring ball really tells you is like what do the coaches think? Uh, how do they see guys kind of fitting in? You you get a sense based on how they where they where everybody slots and and, and how they they kind of um, gel together. Um, that first team defense could 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 be okay. But like I said, they got some question marks, and certainly on the offensive line, uh, that's going to hold up that other end. But we'll 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 watch and see how that kind of shakes out on on Thursday. Want to thank uh, Ferber for being on the show as always. Want to thank everybody out there for for giving us a listen and supporting uh, the podcast. And again, if you uh, if you don't if you're not a big fan of having to stay in your in your mobile browser to to listen to the show, feel free to download a podcast app. Um, if you're on iOS, there's one that comes with your uh, device as well as on uh, there's one called Overcast that's really good. Um, there are several others. You just search Cavs Corner Podcast, and uh, you'll be able to subscribe to the show that way and uh, be able to listen to it while you do um, pretty much whatever you're doing during the day. Again, thanks to, to Ferber for being on the show. We'll be back with you next week to, I'm sure, talk some more spring football, maybe depending on how things sh- shake out, maybe some uh, some transfer hoops as well. For uh, Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.